Hello, and welcome to Global Data Themes Instant Insights. At Global Data, we define a theme as something that keeps a CEO awake at night, as businesses that invest in important themes will succeed, and those that don't will fail. Hello, and welcome to Instant Insights. Today, I will be talking to Chenille, the commercial director of Hawk UK, a cookie-less omni-channel platform. We will be chatting about disruptive themes affecting the ad tech industry, the cookie-less future, new ad channel opportunities, and how the current macroeconomic climate could affect the industry. Hi, Emma. How are you doing? You well? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good. Great. Well, just to start us off, would you mind telling us a little bit about what Hawk does and your role there? Um, yeah, thanks, Emma. So uh, Hawk, if you're unfamiliar with our business, um, we are a cookie-less omni-channel platform. A um, lot of buzzwords there. Um, but it means that we're we're certainly on trend when it comes to all of the digital, digital trends that we're seeing in the ecosystem at the moment. We're a French business. We were founded in Paris in 2013. Uh, we opened up our London offices in 2015, and we've been growing ever since. And now we operate a global platform uh, with presence in lots of markets. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's a quick intro to the business itself. My role is commercial director of the UK business. So I've been lucky enough to be at the business for seven years now since we launched into the UK market. And that essentially entails commercial growth in this market of both our partners and uh, new partners that we're looking to bring on board, just making sure that we structure our commercials in the right way for, for mutual growth across the, um, across the ecosystem and all of the partners that we, that we work with. Uh, yeah. So uh, working with, with people on growth, I'm sure you're, you're talking about uh, the future, future themes and disruptive themes uh, affecting the industry every day. What, what are you going to, what do you think are going to be the most disruptive themes affecting uh, the the ad ad industry in in this coming year? Yeah, I think it'll be a really, really interesting year this year. Um, Sometimes disruptive can be seen as as negative, but I think that in in this sense, the the industry itself has always seen disruption from new technologies um, entering the market. I guess you could argue even our own business was quite disruptive when it came into the market in in a time where cookies were king. Um, we launched a platform that was completely cookie-less and, and, and that can be seen as and certainly has been pretty disruptive to the way that um, marketeers have worked since since we launched. But uh, I think one of the biggest things that we're starting to see is the fact that sustainability is playing more of a role within marketing. And that's definitely, definitely a good thing. Should be something that every business is thinking about uh, when it comes to the way that they're structuring uh, number one, the way their technology works, but also just how they behave across the market. I think I saw some figures from from Good Loop who are doing really, really good work in this space that showed that around 61% of brand marketers have said that sustainability is going to be more important than price when it comes to their digital advertising strategy. And wow. um, so we're moving. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? It's good to see that we're kind of getting towards um, this being a real focus for marketers now. Um, and when you think about the fact that programmatic in its early days was kind of used to, to drive down price and, and make things competitive when it comes to different ad slots. The fact that 61% of marketers now think that sustainability is more important than, than price is, is definitely a good thing. It means that hopefully we can get to a point where we are creating a more sustainable environment. Uh, some of the figures that I've seen about carbon emissions from uh, the advertising industry was, was quite scary and something that I didn't think would be as high as it is. So I think that that's a big area of disruption, the fact that we're seeing 
more and more brands, the more and more advertisers focusing on that and, and trying to get to a point where they're doing better for the environment while still running very, very effective campaigns. I think within that, um, a big part of that will be attention. And I think that that's something that we really saw disrupting the market last year. Um, attention met metrics are becoming more and more important across all of the various channels that exist in the ecosystem. And if we can get to a point where we're serving less ads, but those ads are being looked at for a longer amount of time, you're not compromising on the quality of the advertising, um, but you are essentially serving less ads, which is kind of ties back into that sustainability point that I mentioned previously. Um, you're serving less ads, you're reducing your carbon footprint whilst not compromising on, on the quality of the advertising that you want to serve. So attention will be a big part of that. What um, kind of um, what kind of metrics do do you look at when it comes to attention? Boiled down, it's about it's about how long the ads are being looked at rather than um, how long they're on screen for, because something can be on screen but not being paid attention to. Yeah. Attention metrics look at things like eye tracking, uh, and they use very, very clever algorithms that are chained uh, in an AI environment to make an inference on how much attention that ad is getting. Um, but there's a bit of a challenge at the moment because each company that's entering into this space is measuring attention and using uh, attention in different ways. So it's very difficult to compare what attention looks like through one company to what attention looks like through another company. So that, that makes things like benchmarking quite hard. Right. And I guess that ties in um, to my next sort of question about new channel opportunities, because I can imagine when you expand to different mediums, then that will then become even harder to standardize. But what, what kind of new exciting advertising uh, channel opportunities do you see coming up? So we started as a mobile specific technology and we've now kind of transitioned into becoming an, uh, you know, the, the Europe's leading omni-channel platform for new digital screens. And so over the last kind of five years, we've really started to see things like programmatic audio and programmatic digital out of home really kind of coming into the fore and experiencing huge growth, especially during lockdown for digital audio. Uh, the fact that people were streaming more inside, listening to the likes of Spotify and, and, and listening to more podcasts because they had more time on their hands. And then when we came out of lockdown, um, you kind of saw the growth of, of digital out of home, which has absolutely exploded in the last couple of years because of the flexibility and data and efficiency and measurement that there's been seen through technologies like ours that are kind of aiding advertisers to step into that space. I think 2023 in game is probably going to uh, experience the biggest growth uh, in 2023 in terms of a global market. Um, there are more people that now play games and, you know, go to cinemas or, or even listen to, to, to audio streaming platforms. And um, so the market itself is absolutely huge. Um, we're at a point now where in-game uh, and gaming isn't just confined to the stereotype of, you know, 18-year-old uh, boys locked in their bedroom. Um, it's actually really diverse across all of the different demographics. So you can access new audiences in, in new ways. So the opportunity is absolutely there. Uh, and we're starting to see more and more interesting and innovative ways to engage with users through in-game experiences. So the fact that you can now serve um, programmatic advertising into uh, hoardings around, you know, football pitches when you're playing football games um, or kind of seamlessly integrate them uh, into experiences in first, pers uh, first person games, I think is really, really exciting and a really unobtrusive way um, to engage with these users who are, you know, spending a lot of time in these environments. It's not mm. like you 
and out of a game, you might be in, in it for 20 minutes. And if you can have a brand that's present there, and then the cut through that that brand will experience will be, you know, a lot higher than kind of, kind of the more snackable media that you might see on your mobile devices. So I certainly think that in-game is going to have um, a big year this year. And we're already starting to, starting to see that with a number of brands entering into this space. You know, Burberry have entered it, LVMH have entered it, uh, Michael Kors have entered it. So you're seeing a lot of the big luxury fashion brands, which might not be the brands that, you know, immediately spring to mind when you think no, of in-game. Yeah. Um, but they definitely see it as a way to engage with younger younger audiences, recruit younger audiences, and then obviously the lifetime value of that those uh, consumers increases. So really interesting space, I think. Yeah, I was I was at a convention a few weeks ago, and they said that um, McDonald's is is looking for to sort of uh, enter the space. It's sort of like a metaverse type idea where they're thinking that. Uh, when you order McDonald's, I think they're calling it Muck Metaverse, and they're um, nice. they're nice. looking that when you uh, order McDonald's in the game, then it will also then turn up at your doorstep. Yeah, and I think that those integrated, seamless marketing moments are going to be really, really important and, and kind of um, really exhibit growth in 2023 as well. Um, that's a really interesting execution event. I think that McDonald's. And other brands in that space are going to have to start thinking about solutions like that due to the HFSS restrictions that are coming up. So the total online ad ban, for example, uh, that was due to come into play this year, but I think it's been pushed back, means that um, any advertisers that uh, advertise products that are high in fat, uh, fat content or sugar or salt um, won't be able to display those ads uh, in online environments, so on desktop and on mobile. Um, so they, they'll have to look at solutions like that. And I think the metaverse is a really, really good space for that. Um, I think actionable audio is another way that we'll kind of see a lot of innovation coming into the market in 2023 and another new channel and, and innovation that we're going to see. The fact that you can now speak to your smart speaker, mm. ask the smart speaker to deliver you uh, a coupon for a brand, for an ad that you've seen or add something to your shopping basket. That idea of the connected home and connectivity um, is something that isn't particularly new. We've seen it for a few years, but something that technology is really kind of driving forward. So whether that's the metaverse, whether it's actionable audio um, is what's going to really push the market forward and, and kind of bring new opportunities to advertisers. Yeah, I mean, the space just changes so quickly, like keeping up with the technology, just, yeah, really fast changing space. Also in terms of, of regulation, so we can't talk about regulation without the sort of like the, the cookie-less future. How do you think, um, how, what, what do you think is going to happen in that space? Yeah, absolutely. We couldn't have a podcast talking about data without talking about cookies, right? Um, right. So yeah, I think it's something that the industry has been watching um, for, for quite a while now. Uh, in terms of the cookie future, for us as a business, like I mentioned previously, we're a completely cookie platform. Our founders had the foresight to see that cookies were... Um, still important at the time, but having a diminishing return when it came to marketeers' objectives, given the fact that mobile usage was increasing at the time mm. and desktop decreasing the fact that in open web environments, you can only use cookie data. So for us, it won't have too much of an effect. We've already built our platform to be cookie-less. And all of the channels that we operate and the way that we chart, tie those channels together um, have been cookie-less since, since day one. But I think you are seeing a lot of those businesses that built their technology around cookies having to massively pivot the way that they do things and obviously that's that's not a bad thing sometimes these challenges can throw up better ways of doing things i think that for a long time we've become over reliant on cookies mm. uh, and with that comes 
over-reliance on, let's say, last-click attribution, um, looking at path conversion, all, the, all those things that performance marketers have looked at for a long time, which have been really, really useful metrics, but maybe there is a better way to do it. And maybe actually removing the cookie will allow us to kind of get back to the creativity and, and kind of the, the glitz and glamour of advertising rather than just focusing on the cold, hard ROI metrics that, um, that the cookie uh, kind of really really kind of made the industry do mm. uh, but essentially it'll be those businesses that built their technology around cookies but it'll also be the marketers themselves because for so long we've used cookie on cookies on website to track things like conversions and once you take that out of the ecosystem once you take that third party out of the ecosystem it makes it much more difficult to do that and that's why we are seeing um the metrics that we're seeing really come to the fore like brand metrics um, looking at awareness right through to purchase intent, um, things like footfall now being measured, and that's a completely cookie-less metric as well. Mm. Um, attention is, is completely cookie-less, viewability is completely cookie-less. So it's not like removing the cookie is going to kind of make the advertising house of cards crumble. Um, there's actually loads of opportunities out there that um, sit outside of cookie data that might be a be better way to re reframe performance and um, how your ROI is being driven. Um, we're also seeing a move away from kind of one-to-one -one data sets to more like kind of one-to-many data sets. So rather than focusing on a specific user, um, focus, focusing um, on a specific space and whether that space over-indexes um, on a certain uh, demographic or certain behavior um, that that data can tell us about. So that's really interesting. So for... Um the way you know those types of metrics would that mean that things are slightly less personalized to to the person that you're targeting it would be more to do with targeting a group yeah not necessarily i don't think you need to i don't think you need to compromise on personalization i think that the way that we think about personalization probably does change a little bit though um but it does probably offer even more opportunities for personalization at scale because if you're looking at personalizing something on a one-to-one -one basis being able to scale that up and being able to have uh, a scalable solution becomes quite difficult because there's a very finite amount of people that you want to target that, that you know you know are your target audience. Whereas if you look at things on a slightly more holistic level, um, you can use things like weather triggers, for example, and that's relevant to everybody in a certain mm. space at a certain time. So it doesn't need to be non-personalized it can actually be very very personalized but just at, at probably a, a greater scale you know if i can serve an ad for a hay fever brand when pollen count is high in a park that i might be in at a time that doesn't compromise on personalization that's relevant to, to everybody mm. in that park similar similarly there's there's loads of good executions and those good examples of, of where this has been done you know we ran a campaign which was highly personalized for an fmcg brand a, a spice brand which basically brought in recipes that could be made in the morning evening and lunchtime and at different days of the week because our research showed that people's cooking behaviors change as we go through the week so it actually recommended uh, recipes that people could make based on the macro environments they were in based on time and and, and kind of um, time in the week so yeah you can still be really really personalized and um, it's just that the way that we frame that personalization probably needs to change away from one-to-one -one again probably to you know the the macro uh, the macro elements of a campaign of weather um, or pollen count or day of week or, or time um, but essentially anything with an API, um, you can even look at things like flight paths, football scores, um, all of that still means that we can still personalise advertising in a really nice and meaningful way. Sort of targeting your your team that when they've lost, targeting them with Kleenex. Is... 
yeah absolutely absolutely um those those sorts of uh those sorts of plays which i'm sure um a lot of people experienced in the world cup earlier this year so who do you think uh with this sort of rollback of cookies who do you think that will benefit the most obviously uh with a cookie less um platform like yours but then also do you think it could end up sort of entrenching the big tech monopoly on online advertising due to their just like access to data and and things like that um potentially although i actually think that it might be the opposite in many ways because with challenge um with challenges that we see in the ecosystem um there has to come collaboration to be able to get over those challenges so actually i think that if people that are affected by the changes in in the ecosystem can collaborate and use the best of what they have actually it can probably diversify the the landscape a little bit more um so if you look at a partner that might have really really good data on one side a partner that has really good supply on the other side uh, of someone that looks at uh, metrics in a new, a new way and you combine those three things together you actually have a product that the sum of the parts actually become far more powerful than those players acting alone so it doesn't it might entrench the the, the big tech monopoly and we are obviously seeing um the big tech monopoly uh, increasing more and more revenues going into google more and more revenues going into facebook but on the flip side we are seeing some brands and some agencies wanting to roll that back slightly to have a more healthy ecosystem to reduce that reliance on big tech. Yeah, I mean, big tech doesn't seem to be in the best position right now with, I think, every single company laying off, um, uh, you know, had a lot of its workforce. Um, but I guess that's just the general trend with the macroeconomic downturn. Um, do you think there'll be cut, cuts in ad spending due to the due to this? Uh, economic climate? I think what we've seen from the advertising industry over, you know, the course of decades is that the industry itself is a really, really resilient industry. So um, even during the COVID pandemic, um, we did see a reduction in ad spends in like Q2 of 2020 because brands didn't know what to do. Um, mm. It was, you know, I don't want to use the word, but it was unprecedented. Um, no brand had had to go through that before and they didn't know whether to advertise but they would be seen in the wrong environments, whether people wanted to even hear from them at that stage, because there was so much going on outside of, um, you know, the, the standard day to day that brands didn't really know what to do and how to engage. So obviously we saw a downturn when it came to the pandemic. But since then, we've seen ad spends increase quite dramatically. Um, and there's been lots of studies out that have shown that advertising in tough times has a net positive effect uh, for a brand in the long long term. So um, brands that do advertise in, in kind of economic downturns um, often end up winning out in the long term. But we are still expected to grow at around 4% um, overall as an, as an industry. Um, so even though we are seeing a reduction uh, in that growth, we are still growing. And I think that that's a really important thing and something that advertisers have learned over the years that and there will be some that obviously roll back and that don't want to advertise and that can't advertise for various reasons. Um, but if you look at things on a macro level, I think we will be up year on year. Um, but that growth will certainly slow. And I think that as a result of being more uh, stringent on spends, we're going to see more scrutiny on things like return on investment. So brands are going to want to know where every single you know penny of their advertising spent is, is being spent or advertising um, budget is being spent, but also how much they're accruing off the back of it. So transparency is going to be really important. If they are investing into, into our platform or into, into campaigns, they're going to want to know 
effect that's having on their brand, be that brand metrics or be that footfall, be that ROI of, you know, purchases of their products. It means that people are going to need to innovate and need to have very, very robust measurement solutions to ensure that brands are confident enough that, yes, we are going to be able to measure the ROI that we get back from this campaign, see a positive lift, and then reinvest that back into the ecosystem. So there's a few... There's a few, I guess, nuances um, to my prediction there, which is that brands will continue to spend. And that's mm. if they have transparency and if they have really, really good measurement on their campaigns, which, like I said, platforms like ours can absolutely guarantee. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when when volatile times hit, often innovation is stifled. But I think often the companies, yeah, that come out on top are the ones, the ones that continue to do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Chanel, for chatting to me today. Uh, I think that's all we have time for. So thanks for listening. And from us in thematic intelligence, see you next time.